Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fantastical fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Whiteside in Dan Williams' body. I don't like them apples, Will. With special guest Zach as Carl Kolchak Jr. I really don't know what's going on. I'm just a tourist. Seriously. All right. Well, let's fire up the resonator to check for any new letters from beyond. And it's empty. So if uh, anyone out there wants to submit questions or concerns or anything about our podcast, uh, we appreciate you dropping us a quick note on Discord or Twitter or Facebook, anywhere you want to. And we'll, we'll try to answer those questions for you. We do need to take a quick commercial break. And now a word from our sponsor. Attention all passengers, this is your cruise director, Melanie Pater, with today's event schedule. Our breakfast buffet will feature sunrise sushi, prepared by Chef Demir. It's mostly just lobotomized octopi and dirty rice, but you get the gist. Please report any tentacle food allergies to your server, and they can substitute Buddha's hand at no additional cost. At 10 a.m., Marcus, my twin brother, you know him, you love him, will be conducting breaststroke lessons in the hot tub. Come prepared to get wet. If you think you know when to hold them, our daily poker tournament begins in the Geordie Rose Memorial Casino at 2 p.m. sharp. Never forget. Oh, and it looks like tonight's dinner with Captain Colonel Bacon Jr. has been canceled, unfortunately, as the entire supply of monster cereal has been recently tainted by a mysterious black goon. Don't worry, though. Boat Detective Brittany Davis is on the case, and we will be restocking Booberry, and only Booberry, once we reach port. Gotta dance? After dusk, prepare to get jiggy with it as DJ Zack Attack remixes tracks from popular Sky Country Polka Goth band Ravens in the Attic, whose new album, The Stars Are Right On, is available now in the gift shop. Finally, to those of you preparing for tomorrow's 5K charity run, be advised that one does not simply walk into Horta. You gotta run, or the bus will scoop you up. And don't forget to pack your muck boots, since the track tends to be a bit of a slog. I guess that's why they call this event the Mountains of Mudness, right? Well, that's it for today. This has been your director on the doorstep, Melanie Pater, thanking you for being our guest on HW Cruise Lines International. Perhaps... Decades from now, when we look back at this sunny moment in history, that product and or service will represent a high watermark of human civilization. And our children's children's children will weep openly with sightless eyes as they wander the dystopian ash heap of our fallen cities, while winged shadows flit overhead, swooping in for the occasional kill as the moon leers down at the comet-pocked Earth. But at least they'll have flying cars, right? If those are what's flying above you, it could be the bees. But that's why we've already left this world. Bye, Felicia. Now, dear investigators, we continue Chapter 9, Leapfrog. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Anxious to find out more about this crazy fish cult, Jack decides to answer the call of old Keijo, the encampment chef at large who, as it turns out, nursed Jack back to health during those weeks after the incident at Tristan de Kuna. While the FBI agent was semi-conscious, he rambled his life story to Keijo's eager ears. But not to worry, with a wink and a nod, Keijo promises to keep it their little secret. Although flying under the radar seems like a good plan, Jack switches gears when he discovers Carl has escaped the prisoner tent, fleeing into the night. Before long, the two are overexerting themselves, clambering through the woods and up the crater in a vain attempt to reach the seaside port of Horta, far below the mountainside. 
Unfortunately, the Dagon cultists easily catch up to the wayward hikers and drag them back to camp. Jack, it's been two days since your feeble escape attempt. The ritual is set to take place just before midnight tomorrow, October 31st. You've been sequestered in your tent alone, with armed guards standing outside. Oddly, there have been no repercussions, at least not for you. You have not yet seen Carl in that time, and you can only hope the Snoop reporter hasn't been punished in your stead. Cygnus has visited you, however, several times. He has asked pointed questions, watching you intently with his icy stare. He never seems satisfied with your answers, but he has yet to challenge them. Keijo has also stopped by, delivering meals and nodding at you with a knowing smile, but never speaking for fear the guards will hear him. In fact, he has just brought you dinner, a lukewarm mug of his strong black coffee, and a steaming bowl of stew with a pleated paper napkin in the shape of a white rabbit folded neatly underneath. I thought I was going to nurse my way back to hell. <laughs> Any uh, root to... Uh... You got no root, man. I want to be joined myself. You know, you could just run away. They can't kill you. Hey, you're possibly dead, buddy. I assume that I'm feeling better being a couple more days in this body. That's absolutely correct. Yes, uh, the 48 hours has dissipated, so you are feeling much better and will no longer be taking a penalty dice for strength and dexterity maneuvers. Do I have my breakdance moves back? Eh, and Dan's body looks just weird. It's lumpy in the wrong spot. It's all robots. <laughs> all right, so I'll uh, go to take a bite of the stew and look over at the napkin and um, set the stew down and pick the napkin up and slowly unfold the folded napkin that's folded like a white folded rabbit. You unfold it and you see writing inside. (gasps) I quickly report it to the guards. I will share that (laughs) handout with you now. Sir, sir, traitor! And this is clearly in his handwriting. Hello, Jay. It is me, Kajo. I hope you like my rabbit stew. They are my furry friends I find in the forest to the north. Mostly they come out at night. Mostly. If you're lucky, you can sometimes find them by the light of the Polaris star. It's good to bring some help, too. I must go now. My cook pot is diverting my attention. I think it might blow up soon if I'm not careful. If that happens, heck, I could wander into anyone's tent and play a trick. They'd never notice if I swap something necessary to their ritual with some of my strong black coffee. <laughs> Dagon forbid. Anyway, best of luck and safe travels. Your friend, Kejo. Cool. Okay, so there's a distraction coming. So I am going to prepare myself, getting my boots on or whatever else that I can get dressed as and ready for, and grab the uh, rem- remaining coffee that I have. <laughs> I only took a very small sip. And, uh... I'm going to be standing by the door, ready to uh, to leave through the flaps. Carl, it's been two days since your feeble escape attempt. During that time, you've endured the beating of your life. Your body is bruised and bleeding from many cuts. Your eyes are nearly swollen closed. You've lost a tooth, and your speech has become slurred. You have not seen Jack or Dan or whatever his name is since the aborted midnight run. Earlier this afternoon, Cygnus and Skinner seem to have lost their lust for inflicting pain after realizing you are no real threat to their enterprise. With a final crack to the skull, they left you dangling from the prisoner tent post, hands cuffed to an iron ring above your head. What they don't know is, your head is harder than most. When they thought you were unconscious yesterday, you managed to maintain lucidity and glean information from their idle chatter. It seems Skinner is an acolyte in training, responsible for protecting the black blood, presumably in her tent somewhere. Cygnus also mentioned something about sacrificing Lover Boy during tomorrow night's ritual. What plans they might have for you? Well, you're no rocket scientist, but... You're a rocket surgeon. I'm coming up on a deadline. Then put your glasses on and go, Yow! So it just actually sounds kind of like I'm in New York City getting beat up on, you know, day to day. This kind of doesn't sound like anything too extreme. Or again, people pay to have this done to them. Just saying. Offhand chance, you said I'm cuffed to a iron ring. Pretty sturdy then, huh? Yes. 
since I've been kind of being able to be a little bit more cognitive, does it sound like the the bustle of the uh, the camp has kind of increased at all? Not really. No, you can still hear the, about the same level of people moving around. Although it is uh, clearly after dark now, probably just past twilight, so you can hear like the general sounds of people hitting the food tent, milling around maybe after dinner. What is my shall? Coffee, beer, water, something. You're getting one star. I'm powerful on Yelp. You see one of the guards look in, give a grin, shake his head, and then peek back out. Well, I guess I'll hang out here for a little while. You are hanging there, a wave of dizziness overcoming you occasionally. You're sort of fading in and out. That crack on the skull was pretty good at the end there. You feel as though you're dozing slightly. A little fuzzy. Yeah, a little fuzzy, and you sort of lose sense of time, too. Your shoulders and your wrists ache as they're hauled above you, chained to that post. You are suddenly awakened from your stupor by an explosion, and you immediately are on alert. All of your senses return to you, but you know you can only wait. Gotta love adrenaline. Jack, the signal you've been waiting for seems to be here. You can quite clearly tell that the explosion occurred to the south of camp. And you hear basically chaos in the encampment. People start running around screaming in Portuguese and French. Uh, You're not quite sure what they're saying. Carl, you know exactly what they're saying. Lay, there was an explosion. <laughs> Le boom. <laughs> They're saying something that actually gives you a bit of hope. And I'll reveal that to you after Jack goes. Okay, so I leave the tent. I'm assuming Kolchak is that he's still in the same tent that they were keeping him in before. I've got to get him out or he's going to die. They're just, I know they're going to kill him. I'm just going to, in all the confusion, I'm going to go up to the flaps and peel a flap open and go, what was that? And you're speaking to no one. The guards have left their post. It was me. Oh, who said that? You can see now that you're poking your head out the flaps that the encampment is in utter chaos. Everybody is running every which way, but most people are running towards the south. So I'm going to calmly shit. How am I going to do this? You're going to calmly shit? Yeah, don't you? I scream usually, but... (laughs) Ah! That was a good one. (laughs) I'm going to uh, pick up the cup of coffee... And walk to the flap of the tent and peel it back and slowly walk out, looking around to see if anybody notices that I'm coming out of my tent. It appears that no one is taking notice at this point. Then I'm going to stare directly at the prisoner's tent. There is an armed guard outside who, as you watch, looks left, looks right, notices Cygnus, rushes past him. Towards the south, snaps his finger at the guard, and the guard follows, leaving the prisoner tent unattended. That's my cue. I'm going to walk briskly, avoiding all the chaotic people that are moving in front and behind me, make a beeline for his tent, and just walk in like I meant to do it. Hey, what are you doing here? And he looks terrible. I look to the left and to the right to find a flat surface to set the coffee cup on, and I find a table and set it down. Along with all the torture implements, maybe? And I get out the ball gag and walk up to Carl. (laughs) Open wide! Holy shit, man. How how did you get away? And why are you not beat black and blue like I think I am? I am, but you can't see the bruises. Let's get you out of here. Let's get me out of here. So I look at the ring and how he's attached to it and devise a plan. The, the iron ring is uh, probably about three to four inches in circumference. It looks very formidable. The handcuffs go through the iron ring. How did you get out of these handcuffs last time? I wasn't handcuffed with these. I look around real quick to see if there's anything I can use. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Yeah, I get to roll a dice. Is the coffee like acid? It's acidic. Is there still a, a case of uh, my belongings laying in the tent somewhere? Yes. Yes, it is in one of the crates as before. I needed a 77. I rolled a 61. So you clearly see on one of the crates is a ring of keys. Oh my God, baby Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to grab those ring of keys and just start trying each one one at a time and the second one works fine nice all right so i get them down thank you i got a message from the from the cook he told me what to do to ruin to destroy uh the ceremony we have to get this cup of coffee (laughs) to the president (laughs) now We've got, to, we've got to replace some liquid somewhere. I, I don't know where to go, though. Not to be too pointed, but aren't you the one doing the rituals? Uh, not right now. I'm freeing you. Put your hands back up in the ring. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Wear this hood. What did he tell you we have to do, or you have to do? I have to replace some liquid with this coffee that he made, and it will it will ruin the thing. Maybe like replacing an important ingredient in the ceremony? Yes. I just don't know where to find that ingredient. But let's go quick before they, they come. Let's go quick then. I'd like to grab as much of my crap as I can quickly and follow him. And you can easily do that. And uh, at this stage, uh, Carl, you know that what the people are continuing to scream out in the encampment is the phrase, we're under attack. Oh. In Portuguese. They're under an attack, or they believe they are under attack. Maybe we should not run towards whoever's attacking them, or maybe we should because that might be a friend or enemy of our enemies. Our friend. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say you're an agent? Aren't you supposed to be Mister Decisions? I ask questions. I'm a reporter. I'm going to ruin this ceremony. I just need to find out where to swap this out at. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go from tent to tent until I figure it out. Skinner, she fucked me up. I think she has what you're looking for. All right, let's go. I know where her tent is. I grab the coffee and put my hand over top of it. As we peek out, I want to see if it's still crazy. Yes, it's still in utter chaos. Besides the explosion, is there any other, like, there's not, like, gunfire or anything, or just that one explosion and then chaos? No. We got to probably do this quickly. Quit fixing your hair and, and get us to the tent. We make a beeline over avoiding everybody and kind of walking around, but head right to Skinner's tent. I'm actually following you, but if my camera's still intact, I am going to just like take random shots of the camp as we go. Oh shit, the flash is on. <laughs> no flash. But just to capture the evidence of what people were here. It's one of those CVS disposable. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> You continue to uh, take photos as you follow Jack. They're just of me. Yes, right behind you. I'm going to need each of you to make a stealth roll, please. Oh, boy. I was wondering. Dan has a very photogenic behind him. He's a good-looking butt. I needed a 20. I got a 16. I need a 20. I rolled an 84. I lateral passed the coffee. (laughs) I don't know who he is. Not with him. I'm not with him. Jack, you make it to Skinner's tent with uh, Carl right close behind. Okay, so I'm going to go in and say, Carl, help me look. We need to find this and replace it quick. What did you say it was? Black something? Black ichor, black blood. Uh, I'm sure it's probably hidden somewhere. I'm sure I could maybe spot some hidden stuff around here to see uh, what we're looking for. And Jack, do you remember from your last yep. uh, encounter in here? The chest. Hers? Yes. Or, or the, the wooden box on the ground. It's near the ball gag. <laughs> I'm going to immediately go to that chest first and tell Carl to keep looking around. That's a really nice chest. But yes, I'll keep looking around. I just had it done in 84. It's amazing what you can get when you're a person of power. Jack, you make your way over to the steamer trunk. And uh, again, it is etched with all these sort of alien symbols. And they surround the exterior of the chest and all converge on the lock at the center. You seem to be having a problem there. What are you looking for? Can't you just open it? Uh, I'm going to put a hand on each side of the chest and see if it's unlocked. It is not unlocked. I'm not good at picking locks. Do you have any talent in this? No. Well, let's find that key. Pick up the mattress and look under the mattress where the ball gag was that I saw. Uh, You don't see anything. (gasps) She took the ball gag? Oh. Evidently. Damn it. She's running around out there. Oh, All right, so I'm going to start rifling through around near her bed, her nightstand, and stuff like that. Is there any place to really rifle? She's got a desk. A very nice desk from the 18th century, I believe. Mm-hmm. Could I maybe intuit where somebody like her might hide something, you know, based on a, a psychology role? Oh, I like that. Sure, go ahead. Uh, in lieu of a, a spot hidden, you can do that. Oh, I'd rather do a spot hidden. <laughs> okay, then stick with that then. Okay. I needed 80, I got a 53. Nice. I needed a 77, I rolled an 18, which is a hard. You're very hard. Carl, you're uh, sort of looking around the bed, and you notice that one of the night stands is open, has a little drawer in it. You never want to go into a woman's nightstand, but I will this time. <laughs> What is that? You open it up, and uh, inside is an empty vial. Looks like it's uh, just like a little maybe perfume bottle. Maybe it held like two ounces or something. But it's stoppered and completely empty. Looks like it's made of uh, really nice crystal. Those same alien symbols are etched on the outside of the glass of this vial. I'd like to know this occult stuff, but I'm not that knowledgeable of occult. Does it look like this held like maybe blood of some sort? Well, that sounds like it's a medicine roll to me. Oh, there you go. I needed a one and I got a 98. No, it, it looks like it probably contained water at some point. Oh, okay. So, Jack, 
uh, you were uh, looking at the desk, right? Yes, sir. And you rolled a heart, correct? Rigid. So, yeah, you uh, discover a little secret compartment beneath one of the drawers. There's a little lift-out panel. Inside there is what appears to be some sort of spare key. Nice. I take the key and then realize... Oh my God, the Declaration of Independence is in here. I take the key over to the chest immediately. Go, Carl, I think I found it. Then open it. I put the key in and turn it. And you hear a snick and a bit of a hiss, almost as if the steamer chest is airproof, soundproof. Pressurized. Proof. And it pops open just about a half an inch. I uh, lift it up and look inside. Inside is a thick velvet padding covering the bottom to a height of maybe like three or four inches and set onto this strip are four vials that look exactly the same as uh, what Carl found, only there is something in these and uh, there is a spot for a fifth. Hey, this looks like it should go in there. I'd take it from him and look at it, hold it down near the others. Yeah, it's identical. Put that back where you got it. I put it back where I got it. Is there liquid in the other ones? Yes. I'm going to look for the one with the darkest liquid, or at least closest to the black coffee. All the same. Okay, so I'm going to take one out, open the vial, and smell it. You get a strange sense of deja vu, Jack, Dan, because as you unstopper this, you smell this dank, dark, almost moldy smell that reminds you quite a bit of what detox smelled like eventually. Holy crap, it's the ichor. So are you going to drink that or what? You don't want to drink this. You'll live forever, but not in a good way. And there's a bit of activity in it. It's kind of bubbling slightly, almost as if it's effervescent. Not like it's trying to climb out of the container, right? Well, a little bit. Jack has had some experience about the black goo that was discovered Mm -hmm. underneath Bloodsworth Island. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to look around. I don't know if my uh, if my spot hidden is good enough to, to notice if there was like a, another cup or a small container in, in the space. There is a uh, vase in the corner. And I'm going to pour it into the vase. And as the black bubbling goo leaves the vial, it becomes sludge-like and stops moving and plops into the vase. Okay. And it's just dormant. Yep. It appears to be an inert. I'm going to slowly pour the coffee into the vial. Okay. A little bit of the coffee goes into the vial. Okay. Enough to... Two ounces. To be about the same amount that was in there. Sure. In the black stuff. Okay, good. Yep. Put the stopper... And you got plenty of coffee left. Put the stopper in, put it back in, and repeat for the remaining three. While he's doing this, I do want to take uh, random shots of, of this. <laughs> he waits till they're all in the vase and goes, chug! Not that kind of shot. Oh. I want proof. Okay. Yep, you uh, you managed to do that. I'll let you do all that hard work of pouring. Thanks. Carl, why don't you give me a listen roll, please? So I needed a 43 and I got a 54. Ooh, but I can spend luck, correct? Yes, uh, yes it would be uh, 11 luck. Yes, I will definitely spend 11 luck if you don't mind. Now is not the time to not do so. And what does that leave you with? Uh, I'm at 60 and that would put me down to 49. I have 19. You strain to hear, like, what's going on outside, trying to pick up some more voices, and maybe someone's going to give you a clue. And you do catch the unmistakable word in French. Surrender? (laughs) (laughs) That's totally wrong stereotyping. You hear someone say false alarm. Hey, I think that they're going to be getting uh, back here. I think they've just figured it's a false alarm. So we need to get out of here. We should get going out. Yeah, quickly. Are you done? Yeah. So I'm going to shut the trunk, relock it, and quickly put the key back and take my cup of coffee, glance over the room to make sure that it was the way we came in with my photographic memory, and uh, leave one shoe behind and leave. (laughs) (laughs) If you can find me, I'm yours. (laughs) Carl, let's go. Go where? I think we should just hide off the side of the camp. Until it calms down. Didn't your buddy give us directions of where the heck to go to? Yeah, he did. North in the woods. Let's go north into the woods, Batman. Or was it towards any astrological signs, maybe? Here's the note I handed to him. (laughs) Now you read it. Then we'll all have read it. (laughs) We're standing in the middle of her tent talking about this. Did he say Polaris? I actually do agree, though, that we we probably need to at least get into the... Into the, the yeah, thicker brush area. Get under the overgrowth or something. Can we pick out a, a unusual star in the night sky? Does anybody have an astronomy? Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to ask. I don't believe so. 
survival too would be an acceptable oh what's my survival it's 10 which is the same as my navigate so let's just go north for now i'm not an astrologerist so you're standing outside of skinner's tent currently and uh, you do notice that there is a shift in attitude towards the people they're not exactly in such a tizzy and you can see the lights of people who are perhaps let's say 300 yards away to the south who have gone to investigate the explosion are walking back towards the encampment. Okay. Yep. We need to go the other direction. Yep. We need to go north and I don't know which way that is, but that's where we're going. It's away from those people about 300 yards away from us. So going in the opposite direction and maybe even like at a 45 degree angle, like so we can get into the the growth faster. Sounds good to me. I'll follow you, Carl. Yes, Asian, follow me. Carl! Just call me uh, CK. Carl! Now that we both actually can meet, well, now I'm the one that's hobbling a little bit from being uh, loved upon so much, but maybe we can push it down the path very, very quickly to get the hell out of here. Or straight through, because that's what the guy told us last time we made a mistake by not doing. I say we go north to follow the North Star of Polaris. All right, go ahead and roll. Uh, I need each of you to roll. I'm nervous. I rolled an 83. 61. Describe how you're getting to the uh, forest. Run, florist. Is it totally dark yet? It is totally dark. Okay, good, 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 good. So I say we stick close to the tent until we're facing north. If we're trying to get back to civilization, that was actually, I think, southeast of us. Yeah, I, uh, I think that might be their first thought, though is civilization. So I say we go the opposite. I say we, we go north until we can't go no more. I'll follow you. That sounds like a good plan, since you're Mr. Occult Expert. So I'm just going to start heading north the best that I can tell what north is, probably by the Polaris star. Doing like a, a fast crouch, uh, uh, faster than a walk, not quite a run, because we don't want to like run into or off of a cliff. I'm going to run like that girl that thinks she's a horse. All fours. Basically, it is about 400 yards to the edge of the forest from the encampment. Okay. So you're going to be out in the open for about 400 yards. I say we go in the water and put straws up and just stay there till the morning. My assumption would be we, we head for the tree line that's closest to us. Yeah, it doesn't matter where the, the we want the closest tree line. Is it all 400 yards regardless all the way around? If you're heading north, yes. Essentially, it is about 400 yards. I think we're around. just going to have to do it. I think that's what he's going for. Run as fast as possible. Yep. Then. We're going to sprint as fast as our bodies will take us. No whistling, though. Nope, no whistling. Still trying to stay as low as you can, but running. Yep. And no yelling, hey, we're running over here away from you. So you guys basically light out to the north. No, there's no lights. <laughs> yeah. I've got my lighter going. <laughs> Clambering like little girls who are horses across this field, straight towards the tree line. Following the Polaris star that you think you understand what that is. I'm assuming <laughs> it might be like the North Star, because I know they always say to follow that if you're lost. So that's what I'm assuming. And if only you were able to recognize what that is. Should be the brightest star in the sky. That's what you've heard. Nope, oh, that's a plane. We keep going that. You think you remember that from like sixth grade or something. But, you know, it's it's really tough because you, you're running and you're panting and you're... We're going to die is what he's saying in a polite way. Actually, I'm just following him because he's obviously the star of this. See, I'm Polaris. I'm the guest star. He's the star. You can hear the Fuhrer in camp begin to gain crescendo. You're probably about 200 yards out with another 200 to go when you realize the bulk of the investigators who went south are probably coming back into the uh, main camp and are trying to regain order, restore order. Jack, why don't you give me a listen roll? I needed a 25 and rolled a 23. Jack clearly hears Cygnus's angry voice shouting, and so clearly the jig is up. Keep running. Keep heading north. If I remember correctly, we're actually in a bowl of the uh, the top of this mountain, right? Yes. So if we can get to one of the ridges, maybe we can spot either a boat off the coast that could come help us, or at least we can get to... Well, I tell you what, they're not taking me back again. So I, I'll sacrifice myself before they can do it. Okay. I, I would definitely prefer not to sacrifice myself. And now we get to do like a montage running through... It's a montage! You can tell, Carl, that as you're about 300 yards out, about another 100 yards to go, you're starting to run out of steam because you've been pretty well beaten. Do you still have some of that coffee? He takes a little sip of the coffee. He's like... Popeye? No, I, I get what you're saying. I'm probably, uh, the, my injuries are catching up with me. And Jack, you do notice it seems that Carl has developed a, a slight limp. 
as you're closing in towards the uh, forest. Carry me, Dan. I'm going to um, slow down a bit and throw his arm around mine and be that sore leg for him as we keep heading towards the woods. You're his third leg? Yep. That's very nice of you. Yep. They call me tripod. <laughs> you guys are closing in like the tree line is within sight now. The uh, stars above are glimmering brighter and brighter as the last of the sunlight disappears. The twilight is consumed by blackness. Behind, you can hear people fanning out from the middle of the encampment, and you can hear the dogs barking again. We just have to keep going, limping along, trying to get to the to the wood line and go north as far as we can go. Before you even realize it, you've reached the forest line, and you feel the coolness of the forest envelop the both of you, arm in arm. We sing along. I think my blood pressure is so high right now. You immediately spot... Something parked 25 yards inside the tree line. Is it a boat? No, it appears to be a quad runner. No way. Carl, do you see what I see? I think I do. And whoever drove them here is screwed. Let's take it. I agree. Let's leave a note, though. Borrowed your quad. We'll take good care of it. It doesn't have, like, the secret society, occultish uh, like, symbol on the side of it. This isn't, like... There's a big beacon glowing at the back end. <laughs> yeah, well, this isn't, like, Cobra's, uh, you know, quad. We, we, we've... <laughs> I'm going to jump in the driver's seat. So as you approach the uh, quad, you quite clearly see it's a very nice model. It's a Polaris. Oh. Hey. And as you go to leap onto the seat, Jack, you see that it's sort of propped up slightly. And there appears to be something tucked up underneath. Okay, so I stand up on either side, so I'm hovering over the seat, and I lift up and look. And inside is a book with a little note tucked inside. Is it a rabbit? A white rabbit? It is, actually. The note is in the shape of a white rabbit. I pull out the book, and I hand it back to Kolchak, and then I I start the quad. Mm. Is the note easy to read? Yes, it's quite easy to read, because it's in English, in the same hand as the other note. Oh, and there's enough light to read it? Yep. Ooh. Because of the uh, little bit of the Polaris light North Star gleaming through the tree <laughs> line. So the note reads, I heard about Tristan de Kuna. Dagon or no Dagon, I'll be damned if I let them destroy my island. See you on the other side, my friend. Nice. I'm going to put it in gear and say, hold on. And that was just the note tucked inside this book. FYI, Carl. Yeah, I just want to like crack it like a couple random pages. Is it English? Is it the same handwriting? Well, I can give you that handout. Quite clearly, Cygnus's journal. Holy crap. Now we can destroy the world without him. Finally. See how he likes it. It's not what need. And Zach, uh, why don't you go ahead and read these entries for us? Cygnus's journal. All hail Father Dagon. The great water spirit assists our efforts to awaken all the old ones and bring about the new time. The fool Williams continues to believe his whore is still alive, and that is good. We need his innocent ambition to complete the rituals without sundering our own numbers. Bloodsworth is open. We found the ooze and managed to collect enough of the rituals to come. I sense a presence following us, however. Interlopers, I will speak with our emissary, Summers. Together we can lay tr a trap once he has completed the sacrifices. Tristan da Cuna Matata. is open. Williams ingested the first vial and Summer completed the incantation. Father Dagon is awakened. The interlopers were dealt with, though I felt a disturbance at the moment of annihilation. Him. Seems we have a yet another player in the game. Must hurry to Horta. As foretold by the doctor's notes we found floating in a bottle almost two decades ago, the ships will arrive the morning of the ritual, bringing their deadly cargo, an army of undead. All that fresh meat in the town below will be grist for the mill soon. It sounds like fun, happy times are yeah, coming. Yeah, I think it's good. I don't know really any of these people. Are these friends of yours? Because you need new friends. I'm driving. Go, what? Tristan de Kuna is at a location? That's that's where the last ritual was. Ah. But why don't we read the rest of this later? Because we're trying to escape. <laughs> well, since he wants to go faster, I will wrap both arms around him now. You know, nice and cozy. I grab and, his arms and pull it in tighter. You know, if your friend would have been really nice, he would have left like a gun or something. Well, we'll look once we get to safety. We'll check this out and make sure there's nothing else hidden. Did you notice you become more gravelly the more action here you become? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't squeeze that tight. So we're going to start driving down the center of the forest with a quad. <laughs> ah, tree! Uh, tree! Just for my blog, I put the camera in front of him. I take a, a selfie of both of us. I swerve towards a tree. It knocks it out of his hand. <laughs> Wish you were here. 
Instagram. I will need each of you to make a stealth roll, please. Let's be stealthy on a quad. You don't have to turn it on, just roll it down the hill. I needed a 20, I rolled a 54. I needed a 20, and I rolled a 61. So, Jack, you are uh, driving this quad uphill through the forest. Do you happen to have, like, drive? Maybe we can, like, really push it oh, to go Oh, Jesus, I, will, I refuse to ever play drive <laughs> in a, one of these games ever again. Oh, okay. If you could see my other face. Yeah, Carl, you do notice that he does appear to be very cautious around going around certain trees. And there is a, a bit of a, a trail. Like a goat trail or deer trail, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's very roughshod. Get your ass up there. Look, do you want to drive? I'll pull this car right over, mister. No, because if anything happens, it's your fault at this <laughs> true. point. We do have the benefit of it being at night and the echo of all the other trees and the other, you know what I'm saying? They, it'll be harder for them to pinpoint us. And these are the hopes and dreams that run through Jack's mind. Before you know it, you do reach the crest of the hill. Oh, we've, we've won. There we go. Done. You actually see ahead, Jack, mm-hmm. a familiar trail sign. Okay. That is pointing you to one of the trails proper. Okay, good. So something that's a bit more well-trod and maintained. All right, I will take that at a little bit higher speed. And you do see uh, signs that say Horta, X kilometers. Shouldn't they tell you how many kilometers? And by your judgment, it should take you right around, let's say, 45 minutes to get there. Okay, so I stop for a quick second. Should we warn them or should we save ourselves? Warn who? Horta and what's coming. Well, I think we're going to have to go there anyways, because that's the only way off the island. Should we warn them about the boats that are coming with the dead, or do you you think they'll even believe us? Do you really think that boats full of dead people are coming? I know they are. If there's not a way to stop them from coming, yes, we probably should tell somebody. Not that anybody will ever believe you. They're out, you dead! (laughs) If we get get to the port fast enough, maybe we can get a a small speedboat or something to intercept the boat before it gets here. That's what I was thinking, too. Then think faster. Jeez, you're the agent. Look, I'm a little nervous, okay? I'm in another body... I can't find my ball gag. There's not another agent to, like, overshadow you. You're the man in charge now. There's no Roy. Get off my bike. All right, so I'm going to uh, speed down the now encouraged by uh, Kolchak's words. You're in charge now. Do it. Once we get there, can't you call in, like, State Department contacts or... I don't wear contacts. I have glasses. I'm not Jack Whiteside. I'm Dan Williams. And he's not... He doesn't work for the FBI. I thought you were Jack, though. I am, but with his face and his voice. But it can't hurt to try. You're right. Let's let's go. Wait, do you want to have a picnic while we're here? I'm actually surprised nobody shot us yet, so let's keep going. Let's keep talking, then. We'll let them catch up. Oh, I assumed we were talking sort of while we were yeah, driving. Yeah, I think we are. Can't hear a word either of us are saying, though. <laughs> what? What? That's a good idea. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to... Um, uh, go a little bit faster down that trail and in in uh, head towards Hakuna Matata. No, wait, head towards Horta. Horta's the main porta. Once we arrive, if whenever that happens, I'm going to try to make a phone call. So uh, you blaze down the trail, and why don't you go ahead and give me a drive roll, Jack? No, come on. Since you're speeding up slightly. Slightly. Like I went from 20 to 23. I needed a 20. I rolled a 26. I failed it. We hit an alligator. Give me luck. Uh, I have 19 luck. I'm spending it. Look out, there's a tree there. I am not going to have another car accident. I have 13 luck left. So, yeah, you almost miss a turn. You sort of bang your handlebars against the trail sign. Just having seen it at the very last second, you're forced to stop for a minute as the engine dies. Oh. And you're sitting there with the gasoline smell wafting over you and crickets chirping nearby. It seems like a very romantic place right here. Mm -hmm. Picnic? Listen, do you smell something? And that's the point. You don't hear anything else. I'm deaf, except for crickets. Nothing bad ever happens when nothing is being heard. I think our ruse might have worked. They may be going, thinking we're going the same direction we did last time. Or the dogs are real stealthy. How far did you say we got? Or how far do we think we have to go? You probably have another 25 minutes. Do you have to pee? Is, is it still functional? I think I flooded it, is what I think happened. When I turned it and it hit the handlebar, I think it flood like bumped the carburetor into the manifold with the front wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> the battery died on the Prius, okay? Tech babble. If you need it, use the woods. Open the seat up and see if there's anything else in there, like a little toolkit or anything. Give me a luck roll. 
All right, luck. Or we're leaking gasoline, which is from the smell of the gas. I need a 13. I rolled a 34. That's a fail. So there's nothing in there that I can see. My eyes are shut. So, yeah, you see a little spot where there once upon a time there was some sort of emergency road kit. Hop off, reach over and pull the spark plug cable off of the spark plug and smell the cable. Smells okay. So I'm going to wipe off the end of the spark plug with my shirt and put my finger in the spark plug cable and wipe it off. Say, don't start. Don't start it. Hot, 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 hot. Put the spark plug wire back onto the spark plug and turn it over. It immediately fires up. All right, let's go. Zip it up. Let's go. Hopping it back on again. Tighter. Squeeze tighter. Forgot to zip. I have to pee. Just go, man. All right, so we start heading down uh, at a metered pace. I'm not going to take that chance again. After that scare, I'm not going to take the chance again. I'm going to erase drive auto from my sheet. After about 15 minutes, uh, you see the trail begins to descend, and you can clearly see up ahead, maybe about a mile and a half, the lights of Horta. Awesome. All right, here it is. We should get within about a half mile and then uh, ditch the quad in the woods. How about like within like a half a mile? No, a half a mile. And then we'll ditch the quad. Good, because I really don't want to walk any further than I Okay, have to. fine. We'll do it within a half a mile. I guess I'll concede to a half a mile. Fine. You're sleeping on the couch. All right, so we're we're going to continue down the trail a little bit slower. Kill the engine at a... We can judge a roughly a half a mile away. And what do the surroundings look like around the trail? Is it like just flat? The trail itself is sort of raised up and it's much more than a trail now. It's like a full-on road. Okay. Okay, good. Still dirt road at this point, but you can see probably as it gets uh, very close to the city that uh, it's going to become paved. But otherwise, it, it sort of slopes down on either side of the road. I'm going to look at, there's no trees at all. It's just slope down road and then fields. Sure. Push the quad off the road down the slope a little bit and just let it, let it roll just so it's off of the road. So if they come driving through here at night looking for us, they're not going to see the quad. Got it. Obviously, I can't hide it. It's a field. So And as it uh, rolls off the side of the road and, and maybe does a spin on its way down, uh, you do hear sort of a metallic crunch as it lands and settles. Oh, no, my glasses. All right, let's go see if we can find ourselves a boat. Right behind you. And maybe on the way we can find uh, a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of uh, Motrin. That sounds like a good idea. And as soon as you say that, you hear a voice call out from uh, further up the trail in the direction of Horta. Did somebody say Motrin? Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I'm sweating. I'm seriously <laughs> sweating, and I have the AC on and everything. Holy crap, that was stressful. That was a lot of fun, I, but I, oh. I, I think we can see where we're going to uh, meet back with everybody else. My back hurts. Yeah, I think you're right. I thought maybe the ritual was going to be conducted, you know, under the light of Polaris and all of that. I didn't know they made quads. I thought they only made snowmobiles. Uh, let's go ahead and roll some D100 so we can do some hashtag recommendos. 30 for me. 19. 12. All right, I'll start us off, guys. I am recommending My Bloody Valentine from 1981, directed by George Mahalka, starring Paul Kelman. I don't know who that is. Laurie Hallier? Nope. Neil Affleck? Mm-mm. Keith Knight? Your guess is as good as mine. It's a movie that takes place in the mining town of Valentine Bluffs, where a horrible cave-in kills several miners through negligence, and only one survives having resorted to cannibalism. And then they promptly send him to the loony bin. So cut to 20 years later, where the youngins in Valentine's Bluff want to have a Valentine's party, even though they haven't had one in 20 years because of the murders. And despite the, you're all doomed, naysayer bartender, they go ahead and do this party. And of course, they decide that they're going to have it in the mine. Great idea. But immediately, of course, people's hearts start getting carved out and put into candy boxes. Plus, there's a romantic tryst between one girl and two guys. But more importantly for this movie, everything is Canadian. So you get those sweet accents and moosehead beers and a general patina of politeness despite the gory violence. It's really something to behold. This was obviously made to capitalize on Halloween success only two years prior. But it is more than just a simple cash cow. It has a competent style and genuinely creepy set pieces. There was never any sequel made, but even though the director says that there is one coming, I don't believe it. But a uh, 3D remake did occur in 2009, boasting the inimitable Tom Atkins. 
Tom motherfucking Atkins, y'all. And it's actually worth a look. It's it's not a terrible movie. It does have some pretty gory effects, which were cool. But if you want to find out where it all began, go back and revisit My Bloody Valentine from 1981. I watched it on Hulu. And of course, with uh, Halloween coming up, you should be able to find it streaming many places. Okay, Brian. Mine is a movie. Um, I went and saw Ready or Not. I went into it thinking it's going to be the typical, not not a murder mystery, but slash horror type film where people are just killing just for the no good plot or anything. This movie really surprised me. The premise is people who marry into this family, and it's a gaming family, meaning the family got rich on board games and other card games and stuff like that is how they made their money. Well, they've been cursed, and anybody marrying into this family has to play a game at midnight on the night of their wedding. If they don't play the game, they will die mysteriously. It's a card game, and if a certain card comes up, that person that is now the new family member has to be sacrificed before dawn, or all of the family will be killed. Every extended family throughout the entire line. Of course, hilarity ensues, as well as extremely good special effects and gore. It was really well done. And the main actress, I didn't even have a chance to look up her name because it was I was so entrenched in this, this uh, scenario here. Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving that I just looked up. Uh, she's phenomenal. Holy crap, she's good. She she carried the whole movie, even though it had a couple other pretty big names in it. I, I highly recommend going to see this, and, and, and you will be pleasantly surprised if you're into uh, comedy horror i guess is how i would classify this it's it's good it's got a couple cliche things in there but it's almost tongue-in-cheek the way they do it they're like ha, everybody else did this so guess what but then they quickly move back into their own style it's fantastic that was ready or not cool thank you zach go ahead and close this off i'll bring you up the rear here uh with the opening of uh stephen king here's uh second part of it any day now uh, i also want to bring in uh stephen king uh mr mercedes it's actually a tv series uh based on two of the three bill hodges trilogy books stephen king when he steps out of his element of writing straight up horror is a really awesome crime novelist uh when he steps away from any kind of supernatural beings uh he has a very dark criminal mind he could probably get away with crimes if he so desired the uh the books were fantastic i actually i read all three uh they skipped the middle one because it kind of took out the one main bad guy but if you get a chance to watch it it's mainly stars uh, uh brendan gleason plays bill hodges basically a retired detective that it's one of those the one case he couldn't solve and the main bad guy uh harry treadwell plays brady hartsfield he starts out the series and the books by getting away with one of the most horrific crimes in present day which is driving a car through a crowd of people killing people maiming them creating terror which is uh very prevalent nowadays i will say you have to be sensitive watching it because he does plan other acts of terror because he is a psychopath wanting to do a high body count before he goes out so it's all about him taunting the police because he gets away with the first crime and he commits small crimes from there it's a very interesting cat and mouse game between this old style cop he can't even use email uh, against a kid that is a tech savvy genius using his tech savviness to get away with these crimes but nothing Nothing is like over the top. Everything uh, tech-wise, all the police work, none of that's uh, crazy CSI, unrealistic crime solving. So highly recommend it. Uh, I've only seen it come out on DVD. I don't know what network it was on. I think it was on FX, but it's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon. It's not on any of the streaming services. But still, if you can either pick up the books, which are even better, or pick up the uh, the DVDs, highly recommend them. They are a very good series. Mr. Mercedes. All right. Well, we'll give that a watch or read even. Well, that's it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody can send me some baby aspirin to help with this heart attack I'm having after this scenario, uh, you can find me at on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. Uh, you can't find me anywhere here except here at Discord. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll fix that someday, um, especially if people like to want to talk to me. Uh, but I think right now it's only these guys that want to talk to me. So. Until next time, roll for Polaris. Polaris.
<laughs> it's the North Star. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Hello, Poppin. Hello, Poppin. <laughs> How did you know the accent I was going to try tonight? Well, I don't know, Puppet. You're such a Muppet. Anything else we can rhyme with Puppet and Muppet and Puppet? Cuppet? Get off me Toppet. Oh, I'm a jammy thumb in your bottle. Hey, Zach, have you ever lost your voice? Yes, many times, actually. Well, I know personally I've lost my voice on the last recording. I found this amazing product. It was very hard to find. I had to go on the dark web. Have you ever been to the dark web? Um, I can't answer that legally. Would you like to come to the dark web? It's called Black Icker Honey. It's made by the giant bees. Have you, have you heard of the giant bees? No, only giant seas. I got the best bees. One spoonful, granted it was a huge spoon, but one spoonful cured me instantly. Instantly? Instantly. Granted, I haven't slept in a week and a half. So it cures insomnia as well. But I have so much energy. So much energy. And where do you get this amazing product from? On the dark web. Um, you can get it at any local retailer. On the dark web. So that would be like Walmart and, you know, I mean, aren't they on the dark web? Just Walmart. That is the dark web. So check it out. It's uh, Black Icker Honey made by the giant black bees. Black Icker Honey. Got it. I'm just curious. Have you seen these bees? I see them now. <laughs> They're so dark. I can barely see myself. It must have worked because your voice does sound a lot better. What voice? Dan's not here. By HW Industries. I thought about trying to work the ball gag in there somewhere, but... <laughs> No, that that's for fun, not for no, torture. No, no, not the ball gag again. No, please don't. <laughs> or maybe I, she I was wearing it while this was all going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go down the Hubert road again. Mm-hmm. Oh. And this golden glow encompasses your face. And then Carl goes, are we good? Oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and then I shut it. And then I go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the music starts. I'm not going to throw any dead baggies of things at people. Well, that's going to be a disappointment to all the people in front of you. Yeah. You should have poured some of that stuff on your dead stuff. Maybe we could have created our own army to distract them. An army of darkness? Army of dead stuffness. Not double stuffness. I don't know what we were supposed to do in this situation. Go back to our tents <laughs> and get killed? Oh, actually, we probably should have played the whole thing off like we never escaped and let them fail at the... Uh, let them fail at their, their ritual. Yeah, but they were going to sacrifice me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> Evidently, you'll come back and get another body. Dan, Jack, person. That might be from the flood of it, though. Why can't I find luck? What am I doing? Do we ever roll luck? Oh, luck. Okay. The thing that I just freaking marked down to 13. It's the North Star. <laughs> You're a weirdo. <laughs> You're a weirdo. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to go with uh, roll for drive. (laughs) 